0: Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches. Powered by Box Pro Magazine. Brought to you by Zen Planner, box management software and websites to help master your business, grow your community, delight your members, and everything else you need to spend less time behind your desk and more time changing lives. All right, well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm here, as always, with a special guest in uh, sunny Florida, actually. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah. Welcome to Florida, first of all.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Nice and hot town here. Oh my gosh, it's gross. <laughs> well,
1: you missed a, like tropical storm bands yesterday. That's so. what I heard.
0: I was like, man, did you guys have a bad flight in this morning? I'm like, no, it was great. They're like, oh, flights were canceled like all day yesterday. And
1: Yeah, it was pretty rough. Yes. I wasn't really here. I was out of town, but I heard it was rough. Oh, well. Yeah. But anyways, uh, (laughs) my name is Carl Penny. I'm a general manager and head coach here at CrossFit El Cid in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Currently sunny West Palm Beach, Florida.
0: Currently sunny. Yeah, it's a little... There's a chance of rain. But I think there's a chance of rain every day, right?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Is that just for sure? I think
0: for Florida. Two or three times. Yeah. The ocean looks a little crazy though. Yeah. There's uh, some craziness going on I think from all what the tropical storms going on right now. I, I yeah.
1: haven't been to the beach today.
0: I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were working. I was at the beach. So yeah. I was working too. I promise. Okay. Um <laughs> Awesome crawl. Um, and where does the name come from?
1: Uh, so CrossFit El Cid, uh, it's just the name of the neighborhood, actually. Oh. So um, there's a couple different, like, antique districts or historic districts, I would call them, where uh, it's not necessarily, like, the name of the city or town. It's just a couple blocks. And uh, we thought it sounded cool. And yeah. that's basically it. And it, was, it identified us enough with the area, but it wasn't so specific, like, you know, CrossFit 36th Street on the corner of Dixie or something like that. So <laughs> Yes,
0: which is very – gyms have that, and they're very specific. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And um, where where's your logo come from? Is it a man riding a horse lifting a weight?
1: It's a man riding a horse lifting a barbell, yeah. That's
0: really s- cool. S- I wish someone could actually do that.
1: Uh, I'm sure with another surprise. So, uh, it actually, we kind of just went over some stuff with what our – Aesthetic wanted to be like what our gym looked like when we were first starting to build it out with uh, a guy who's done some graphic design stuff. And he sent over a uh, rough version of it. We're like, yeah, this looks pretty cool. So we changed it a bunch, but it was that. It works out well. One of the uh, owners, she's really into polo. So she's like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. We're keeping that one. We're like, all right, that's fine. It looks pretty cool. So. But yeah, it just, fits.
0: That's cool. No, yeah, I'm, j- I'm always just curious, like, how people come to that conclusion of their logo or even their name. So I had to ask because I was like, this seems very odd to me. But the neighborhood thing makes sense.
1: Yeah, and so backtrack a little bit. So that neighborhood is named after a, like, medieval Spanish, um, like, general uh-huh. that was nicknamed El Cid. So that, with, like, the guy riding the horse, also kind of fit together a little uh, bit, too.
0: like the general aspect. That
1: kind of ties it together. I forgot that part. <laughs> sort of important.
0: Yeah, that does really, definitely makes it more, uh, this is connected versus, this is really random how they even got to yeah, the yeah. horse. <laughs> but I don't know. Horses are cool. They're majestic and fit. Yeah, they're pretty strong. Right. They're jump pretty strong. over stuff and yeah. run far. <laughs> basically a CrossFitter. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they
1: carry things for people. They do. Carry humans.
0: They do. And sometimes we carry humans at CrossFit. That's very yeah. true. Um All right. Well, we've talked about a logo, of the name, but let's go back. Let's rewind and let's talk about how you got here. How what's your story, Carl? Like how how did you come, become a general manager here at Elsit?
1: Uh, so try to not make it too long winded and crazy. Cause it's not that really interesting, but anyways, what? I find
0: it fascinating. I love people's stories.
1: So I started working out, I think like right out of high school, just to have an outlet. Honestly, um, I did a bunch of different stuff and eventually I came across this like Olympic lifting thing and CrossFit thing. I'm like, Oh, this looks really fun. They actually look super athletic and they move really well. Uh, so I wanted to do that. I had a good friend um, who owns a gym. Shout out to my friend Danny CrossFit Soul Miami. He recommended to go to another gym in our area to learn weightlifting for my coach. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. I, I was starting my exercise science degree at that time. I was just really into training. I thought I wanted to do like physical therapy or med school or something that requires a lot of school. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll get my undergrad in this. I don't
0: know how anybody ever comes to that conclusion. but
1: <sighs> I don't know how I came to it. Thank God I changed it. Yeah. So um, I started working out there, doing some CrossFit, doing some weightlifting to an extremely mediocre level of both. <laughs> but immediately I was really interested in training and coaching people. Um, so I started talking to my former boss at the time about that sort of stuff and I would kind of shadow classes talk to him about training talk to some of the other coaches and pretty quickly I was kind of like the person that worked there that didn't really work there I was just like at meetings and hanging out all the time um, so I started eventually like I did my level one I was still finishing school uh, I like filled in our class or two and then by popular demand, they wanted me back on the schedule to like really? myself on the back. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, dude.
1: Well, at least one or two people, started. so it was enough. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. enough.
0: It was enough to get you back on the schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I did that for a, a long time, and I really liked coaching. Um, so, what the transition to me in a more managerial role was that uh, my job as a coach was not made any easier by somebody else not doing a great job with the administrative stuff. So there was a lot of times where we would have people coming in like, oh, I need to pay or I haven't. And I'd be like, I don't really know what to do. Like,
0: I'm just a coach.
1: Yeah. And the other person, the owner, wasn't great with that stuff either. Uh, He's charismatic. He grew at the gym. He's a good coach, but he had a hard time with that sort of stuff. So eventually I just inserted myself into that role more and more to make my job uh, less hard which is ironic because I was taking on more and more responsibilities. But I, I wanted to be able to do my job efficiently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that just kept happening more and more. Um, it got to the point where that was like a thing where I was like getting paid to share some of those responsibilities and for planning things.
0: Okay.
1: Eventually, uh, that owner, it was a really funny time because I was becoming more and more frustrated by him not like, Doing things the way that I thought they should be done. And it wasn't necessarily where I thought I knew the best way, but what was happening was not working well. Um, And he would just drop the ball with some stuff, which was – and he would say, he's like, this is just – I'm not good with this sort of
0: stuff. So he was very aware.
1: Yeah, he was aware. And for whatever reason, I had – I don't mind telling people, like, hey, you're doing a really terrible job and someone (laughs) else should do it. And I only mean that because I care. Um, so we were having those conversations and it got to a point where I was like basically saying, Hey, you need to coach and do almost nothing else because you're making my job even harder. Um, so at the time I was like considering how to have that conversation. He said, Hey, I want to move with my family. Um, do you want to like run the gym in my absence? So I was like, yeah, my job just got easier. Um, So that went well. It was kind of a crash course. There was a couple issues with the landlord and a couple other things where basically that gym ended up having to fold. Mm. Uh, Not my fault.
0: Yay. That's always exciting when it's Yeah,
1: things started to actually sort of look up after I started getting my hands on a little bit more of the finances and that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. But there were some issues with the lease and that sort of thing that was way out of my control. Uh, so, at that time, he was removed. He was with his family in Texas. Uh, so, some of the oh, members... he so moved all
0: the way to Texas.
1: Oh, yeah. Not just, like, down the street.
0: Uh, I thought maybe far. it was, like, another city in Florida or something, but... No, it was
1: mm-hmm. pretty far. Cross um, <laughs> country. Yeah. So, it all worked out really well. Some of the people that were members at the time had already expressed interest in purchasing the gym from him. So, they were like, hey, let's just start a new one uh, basically right down the street, which was, I mean, it's literally maybe 800 meters away, you know, it's like a one-up jog away. So, uh, you know, a few months later we opened up with, uh, a lot of the same members that we already had. We had about 80 people kind of day one Hmm. paying, which was really
0: nice. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) never happens.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it was amazing. So a lot of downtime we opened in May of 2017. 17. Like mm-hmm. what year is it? Was yeah, I know. So yeah, there's about 5 months. Okay, we were before that gym closed, we were trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to get our lease situation figured out this new facility.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and then build out. And we took our time building out cuz we wanted to make something that was aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Uh, we're in a pretty nice area and we wanted people to feel comfortable coming early, staying late, taking showers, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we always joke about eating off the floors and it's not really a joke because <laughs> I drop food all the time. And I usually <laughs> it. Uh, Five second rule. So that took a long time to build out. We probably could have done a little bit quicker, but it all kind of worked out really well. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, opened in May, 2017 and have had a pretty good run so far.
0: I'll say. I walked in. I was pretty impressed when I saw your space. Oh, I was thank you, like, thank "This you. is this is pretty nice." You know, those bay doors on the other side, and that good cross breeze. Like,
1: cause yeah. it's
0: Florida and it's gross. It's the so cross
1: breeze cool. is uh, crucial right now. We I have a big fan, but without those doors open, so sometimes if it rains and they're cracked, it's
0: pretty warm in here. Oh man, I can't even. Know. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not about that, but. No. Um, so how long were you at the other gym for and managing that?
1: Uh, so I had my, like, had weaseled myself into managing it, mm-hmm. for, you know, lack of a better term. Uh, probably about a year. Okay. And then me being kind of the sole person doing it, like, six months out okay. of that year. Okay. And even before that, I'm sure I was having some sort of influence on things but there was a point when like we had a sit-down conversation and say like okay this is what we're going to kind of work on going forward and uh, I don't ever say that I'm like a business mogul by any means or I just learn from uh, my mistakes and other people's mistakes and I've had a lot of different jobs growing up Mm -hmm. so I think I just have a lot of unique experiences that can help if I see a problem or also if I see a problem, like I don't want it to be a problem. I want it to mm. go smoothly. So I'm going to work really hard to, you know, make it work out. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. I mean, and one of my questions I had was because I'm, I'm sure you're not the only coach that wants to do something more, maybe wants to step into a man managerial role, but what are maybe the biggest differences or the biggest difference between a manager and a coach that you've seen? Like that maybe you have to like, step aside and put the, the coach brain
1: away and put on and put in the manager brain. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know because I think they're, they're both similar in certain ways. Um, because really, I mean, we have people that I hate to say like people work for me, like we work together, but like I try to coach them in various ways as like a mentor, as a leader, I don't want to like yell at them and that sort of thing. So I think, there's always some sort of coaching from good leadership, which I aspire to be a good leader. Um, but I think what like separates people, those two jobs really is just what you actually enjoy doing. So I really like structure and organization and projects and like events. That stuff is really exciting to me. And I know other coaches I'm like, Hey, let's set up, um, this nutrition challenge for six weeks. And they're like, okay, that's a good idea. What are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 this. And this is how we're going to do it. And I'm like connecting all these dots. And then they're like, uh, okay. (laughs) And I'm like, well, this will be how you do it. And then I have like step-by-step. like, all you have to do is, you know, coach them, like give them nutrition guidance or whatever. And like, oh, okay, I can do that. And that's what some people want to do. Some people want to come in And like high five people and coach a class or do a personal training session or coach weightlifting or that sort of stuff. And they don't want to enter a membership Mm -hmm. or ask someone for their credit card information or set up like a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like a lot of coaches want to take over a gym and they're like, well, I just wanted to coach and work out. And I really love coaching. Um, I still coach weightlifting a lot. I don't do as many classes or as much personal training, but I also really enjoy running the business. And I think I'm better at that and I make it easier for my coaches to be able to do their jobs by hopefully doing a good job at my job. So that like broadens the impact in general. Like if I'm coaching, I can help, you know, 10 people a day or 20 people a day, but if I'm running a business with five or six coaches that are helping 10 or 20 people a day. That's a huge impact on like yeah. the community and fitness in general. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of look at it. But I don't know. I think it's just what people want to do. And I, I remember a, a long time ago when I was younger and I had other coaches that were like, Oh, I want to own a gym. And I was totally on the opposite end where I'm like, why would you want to own a gym? That's a lot of like admin work and you're doing all this like boring stuff. like, well, I want to own a gym and coach people. And I'm like, well, so you want to coach people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But ironically, I actually like doing all that boring Mm -hmm. stuff, so.
0: You usually find that out as you grow up. You're like, oh, this is not what I expected I would like, but I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, when I was younger, I was like, I don't want to do a 9-to-5. I don't want to sit at uh, a desk. And I certainly don't work a 9-to-5, but I am on my computer a lot. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, emailing people and that sort of thing. Much more than I'm actually coaching. But, uh, you know, for me, it makes me happy. It's rewarding to me. So
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, and that's, I think one of the biggest things. is like I thrive off of organization and Mm -hmm. if something, it doesn't really matter what it is, if it's unorganized and it can, and I make it so it's organized. I'm like, Oh yeah,
0: this is, this is
1: so great. And it doesn't have to be like gym stuff. It can be anything. And I think that could just be how my mind works. I'm like, oh, if hmm. there's organization, structure, that makes me happy. I so totally doing at a gym seems to work. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean, I totally get that. I'm I love organization. Yeah. I do. It's just very efficient and effective, and I'm like, yeah, Ooh, this is great.
1: And that's, I mean, for me, I think the first time I really, when I really like initiate conversation with my former boss, that was like. I was working out in the gym. We were closed at the time. Like, uh, you know, it was like a Saturday afternoon or something. But everything was messy and not put away. And I couldn't finish my workout. I, like, kind of had an OCD nervous breakdown. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to put this away. Mm-hmm. There's not no way for this to go. It was just on the floor. So mm. that's when I was like, oh, okay, I need to do something or I'm going to, like, freak out. Mm. Then I just – that was, like, probably, like, the – when the floodgate opened of me.
0: It's oh, interesting. Yeah. At least you realize that about yourself and now you're enjoying what you do. Yeah. So that's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Worked out pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think that's good. And I think that's a good, I don't know. Uh, just like knowledge bomb that coaches really need to think about and consider. Cause I think a lot of times there is over over eagerness that happens, and and wanting to either open up a gym or even step into a better role or not a better role, but like a a bigger, more overseeing role, and you don't quite realize, "Mm, it's maybe not what I want. Like, cause it's a lot less coaching and a lot less. Yeah,
1: and I talk to people, and I have a friend who the other day texted me was like, "Oh, I might be like part owner of this gym." Like, dude, you hate my job.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you
1: hate doing what I do. And he's like, yeah, like all you want to do is coach. So yeah. I haven't talked to him on the phone. i like, we need to talk about this. Cause I don't want you to yeah. like make a weird decision
0: because
1: yeah. it seems cool at the time. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I talk to people, I talk to our coaches all the time. I'm like if you want to take on more of a role by any means, but this is what it will like entail. This mm-hmm. is, you know, the stuff that I do. And they're like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Some people want to do that. Like one of our coaches, Katie, is really good with some of this stuff. She does great design work. So uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to try to create work for you to do that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But she actually likes it. She could do probably 90% of my job, if not more. So
0: Zen Planner provides box management software and websites for thousands of affiliates across the globe. With tools for member management, marketing, reporting, and more zen planner has everything you need to make your box wildly successful ready to make the switch zen planner makes it seamless with free onboarding and coaches to ensure your success get a live demo today at zenplanner.com. yeah well and i think that comes down to like so this kind of leads me to another topic that we had you know been discussing to discuss i guess that's it but um basically like giving your coaches opportunities and and sometimes I think people want to step into those managerial roles or the ownership or co-ownership because of like hey I can make more money and I can do this and like I know one thing that you all have been really working on is the personal training aspect yeah and giving your coaches opportunity in that so like yeah you give uh, Katie admin opportunity but only so many coaches can have admin opportunities so then it's like what do you do with those coaches that one don't want that two can't fit into that role and aren't good at it but how do you give them opportunity? And I know personal training is the one thing for you guys. I'm just kind of hoping to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's funny because um, I actually was thinking about this today for some reason, and I don't know why I even thought of it, but my introduction to CrossFit um, probably six years ago, I actually did like five personal, four or five personal, really? personal training first. And I had never even rethought about that until this morning. I was like, I can't believe I paid that guy for like, four or five personal training sessions. I was so broke. How did I afford that? <laughs> I don't really even know how much to, I paid really for want it. to do it. Well, it was a different time, and I was like, whatever. If I want to learn something, I'm like all in, so I want to actually learn and not do like a foundations class or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as I think a lot of people know, like you can only have so many classes a day and so many people coaching those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, a lot of it comes down to Creating opportunities for staff, but also creating opportunities for clients to get better and get the results that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone wants to do group classes, and not everyone should do group classes. Mm-hmm. That's like sort of blasphemous, but I think there's a lot of people who probably shouldn't be doing CrossFit classes. Um, and some people don't like it. Some I don't like to do group classes. I like to work on my own and mm-hmm. listen to metal or Lana Del Rey and do my thing. Um, yeah. So, what, uh, as I was kind of saying, like my introduction was doing a little bit of personal training, but my like former boss was always doing personal training with other clients. And he just says, like, that's something I've always done. So I did kind of inherit that from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said, he's like, it's a great way for the gym to make more money per hour, for the coaches to make more per hour. I was like, that makes so much sense because I can pay a coach, you know, $20 a coach a class but there's seven classes in a day. I can't just add a bunch to have all these staff, you know? Yep. Yep. So, um, we've always done it a little bit and it's initially it grew really organically where we'd have a friend who would eventually bring in another friend. Um, and it works well because the coaches coach, they write programs, they talk to the clients, they work with them, they sign them in and that sort of stuff. They don't have a ton of admin. They're not really marketing for that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: they're doing like referrals and that kind of stuff but that's you know out of their skill set their skill set is coaching and my thought is if that's your skill set I want you to be the best you can at it and not drop the ball trying to do marketing and trying to yeah. learn all that stuff if you don't want to yeah. because I can do that that's kind of my job
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so they do a lot of personal training uh we have a couple different offerings for that where we have a lot of clients that just come in for a couple sessions, um, you know, throughout the week mm-hmm. where they're like, Hey, I just want to lose weight or do this. I don't want to do classes. I'll, all this city stuff is scary. They're like, that's fine. That's if this is what you, you want to do. Um, so they get, you know, an individualized plan. We revisit it daily with them really. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a good quote somewhere that, like, the best training programs are written in pencil, not pen.
0: Ooh. I was like, oh, yeah. I like that. I've not heard that one before. Yeah.
1: So um, we have people that do that. Um, we also do some personal training studies with our clients who are in classes. Um, and I think that's something super underutilized in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's multiple reasons, but I think coaches want to help people. So if someone's like, hey, Jimmy, can you help me with my snatch after class? He's like, yeah, I've got 10 or 20 minutes, which turns into an hour, you know, really quickly. Um, And what I've tried to say, hey, like, you know what you're doing. People want to get better. They'll pay you to help with some of those high level things. So we have some of our group members that Mm -hmm. meet with the coaches for 30 minutes to an hour to work on certain skills. And those could be people that are they have mobility problems uh they want just a little bit more accountability Mm -hmm. to say hey show up to this class and we'll do some extra benching or whatever it is Mm -hmm. Um, or let's work on your overhead squat let's work on muscle up progressions that sort of thing because our main clientele we're not doing a lot of muscle ups we're not doing a ton of heavy snatching we have a lot of moms and dads who want to pick up their kids and like you know, look good naked, and that's pretty much it. They don't care about the open, they don't care about the games, but there are people that do, and we don't want to, you know, tell them to go pound sand. We're like, hey, if you want to get better snatching, if you want to improve in the open next year, let's help you. We can yeah. do it at these times, it's going to be one on one. And those people get great results, they're getting a one on one touch. Um, yeah. The other main thing that we've started doing pretty recently is. All of our new inexperienced cross members, they go through a series of personal training sessions, our foundations, and really that's based on kind of an assessment that we go over with them, where they're at, where they want to be, um, any injuries, their lifestyle, that all kind of comes into play when writing a program design. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, you know, some people come in and they're like, they pick up how to squat really quickly. So they learn all these basic movements pretty quick. So like, Hey, we're going to learn like kipping hands and state Cause you're like a freak athlete. <laughs> so instead of just saying, okay, amazing. you can go into a class. Like yeah. you're good. We're like, well, let's make them better. They already paid for this. We want to really coach these people and develop relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And then some people, we go through it and we're like, Hey, you know what? It might take a little bit longer. We might need to meet you once, twice a week to work on some of this stuff. And we found that those people, they get results. They have a better time in classes. Um, Retention is a lot better with those people. And they're paying us a lot more, which is good. And also the coaches get paid more too. It just creates more opportunity for the coaches. And uh, I highly value the coaching profession. So I want to... You know, pay all these guys a professional living wage, and I think that they deserve it. So I work really hard to try to create opportunities for them to earn that. Um, But that's you know, it's grown some of it organically, some of it we've made pushes for for in the classes and stuff like that, and a lot of it's just saying, hey, you you can help these people, and they want to be helped. This is how much your time is worth. Tell them like you can help them. Yeah. And at first, I think with coaches, they're like, "Well, I don't want to take people's money, this and that." And I'm kind of career. I'm like, "Well, I want you to eat dinner tonight, so you should probably get comfortable with that." And um, everyone has food; they're not that hungry around here.
0: But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but it, it's been good. And it, you know what? A lot of the people are—they love it because they like that little bit of one-on-one attention. They're yeah. getting to do things they might not be able to do before just doing classes, which is great people are happier coaches are happier it's been a pretty good thing that we've done the past few months
0: yeah Yeah. sounds like it um how have you got your coaches to get on board with the idea of asking or telling members like you know because they couldn't just be like well I could just help them after class but how do you get them on board with hey you should buy a skill session a lot
1: of talking about valuing themselves and saying like hey, you're not taking these people's money. You're giving them an opportunity to get what they want, which is mm-hmm. to get better snatching or muscle-ups. Change or that
0: mindset a little bit. Yeah,
1: and that doesn't happen overnight. There was... It's funny because I'll look back and I'm like, man, I wish we were doing a little bit more of this. I'm like, oh, a year ago we were barely doing it. Uh, so yeah. yep. it took a long time and it what happens is... Um, You'll see the coach kind of timidly like, oh, well, you know, I mean, if you kind of want to help, uh, it costs this much. And then someone does it and then they deliver the results and people are like, oh, that was amazing. I'm getting better. I want to do it again. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was easy. These people want to pay me for my knowledge that I spent years gaining Mm -hmm. and is valuable. So it's just kind of like a trickling effect where they get a couple people on board. Um, But it did take a while of that and a lot of times it would be I would overhear a conversation and I would want to chime in be like, oh well maybe we should work together. Like, how about 330? So then I would reframe it with the coach or I would sometimes actually have the conversation with the client, be like, oh I see you're struggling with this. If you want to work on it, Noah's free around this time. Uh, you should go talk to him and schedule something. And like, okay, that's great. So it was kind of like really nudging them um, and, you know, pushing them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was me telling them, too, like, I want to be able to pay you. I want to create a professional situation for you. Like, you know, I want you to be able to start a family working here or as a coach in general. You need to be comfortable with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think just the more that we've done it, the more comfortable people are doing Mm -hmm. it. And it's not, like, a high-pressure sales thing. You're not trying to get somebody to buy a car. It's like, hey, do you want to get better at doing this? This mm-hmm. is how much it costs. Okay, yeah.
0: It's basically, like, you see a need, and you're just presenting an opportunity or a, a solution for that need.
1: Exactly. And, I, you know, I always remind them, like, remember, you are helping these people.
0: Yeah. And
1: they want to be helped. Yeah. yeah. And that's a kind of a mindset I think sometimes we forget at the, like, basic root of what we do as coaches we are actually helping people yeah so there's a lot of talks about that and then the one thing that really made it work was i would say hey you can give one of these away i'm gonna pay you for it but the client gets it for free but you have to post a video and they have to like on instagram or something and they have to kind of chime in
0: Oh, so basically marketing.
1: Yeah, just yeah. like a marketing touch, but they would do it like for free. A testimonial a little bit. So a lot of times, yeah, they would – I've done it maybe two or three times. Where they each gave like one or two away. And then most of those people, I would tell them like, hey, this person will probably continue to do it. And they're like, oh, that was amazing. Let's do it again next week. So that turned into a more of a recurring thing for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what, what will happen is the marketing – that we do pretty much internally, like in our members' group, we'll do yeah. member shout outs and stuff, where some will say, Oh wow, these look she looks so much better. Uh, no, when are you free?
0: Wow. Or yeah. you know, whoever. Yeah.
1: And that's how it's really grown, which is you know, it's great. It's like essentially free posting on Facebook, last time I checked. Um, Who and, knows? Uh, Who
0: knows though? It's, it's true of that the future. Oh my god, the algorithm.
1: So uh, yeah, I mean that's basically been it. Like just kind of, you know, pushing it little by little without trying to make it uncomfortable for anybody involved. And, uh, it seems to work. And I think, you know, there's more people that are wanting to do it. We did a competition like an in-house competition this summer and Mm. a couple of people wanted to work on cleans. Once we announced some of the workouts, uh, as the open gets closer, uh, to whatever extent the Open's going to be in
0: 2019.
1: We have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. People are always going to want to get better at certain things. And one of the nice things about the Open is there is scale and there is age group. So mm-hmm. we have a guy who's like, I want to be in the top 50 for my age group and yeah. scaled. I'm like, well, all right, we need to work on this, 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 yep. this based on last year. And he comes in twice a week to work on different skills. It's an like
0: really good goal. I feel like. Like, it's a very focused goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like, I just want to be better and do well in
1: the open. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, you know, uh, more or less tangible to say, yeah. like, oh, I went up 100 places or 10 yeah. places or whatever. Yeah. So, as that comes around, that stuff will happen more. We've done a couple different seminars where we've done, like, a gymnastics thing. Okay. yeah, And people saw the value yeah. in some of the more targeted coaching. Yeah. And what we would do is we would follow up with all of them one by okay. one. Yep. hey what did you get from the seminar did you enjoy it was there anything you wish you could have learned and those conversations tend to lead themselves after that mm-hmm.
0: okay and yeah. it,
1: it's really just asking people and yeah, giving no, them the opportunity ask. to yeah. help themselves
0: usually people want it and they just are like they don't know what's available
1: yeah a lot of people don't know it's available a lot of coaches are not comfortable with that ask but mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day you're not asking somebody for $100 for an hour you're asking them like Hey, this $100 is going to keep you accountable and help you get to where you're
0: at. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, it's all about perception. It really is. Um, So, you guys, so this gym has been open about, you said last May 2017. So, when did you start implementing like um, personal training being like the intro and and really kind of digging into this side?
1: So, we've always done sort of like one on ones Uh as intros. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'm always, uh, like changing how we do that, how we do everything and like our, You're mostly our intake process. Tinkering and
0: perfecting it. Yeah.
1: I actually, I haven't touched it for like three months, which kind of makes me anxious, but it's worked really well. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of working. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so probably we've always done one-on-ones and at first we charged like just a uh, $100 or something like that. And I was like, oh, let's do it free because I want to grow and establish a member base. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, around March or April of last year, I started working with uh, Stuart Brower from WTF Gym Talk. I don't know if I can say bad words or not. But uh,
0: I love people Go oh, ahead okay. Start this again um, Every other word no,
1: So right uh, And that's a big thing That he's done And it's something That I was always Knew about And have read about I'm like I want to do that But I don't really know how How to structure it How to kind of Do that whole process um, And he gave us A lot of frameworks On how to do it And we're like Let's just do it You know what We're not necessarily Hurting for growth Right now if we go from converting 90% of people to 70% of people, we're still converting a lot of, like, new clients, and they're paying a lot more up front. Mm-hmm. So we all did some training. We did some, like, role-playing on it, um, and then I was – it's hard to say, oh, we're going to start that now because people are always kind of, like, coming and going, and then it was just one of those like, all right, you know, as of today, this is what our process looks like mm-hmm. when people come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've tinkered with it, like the sales process a little bit. But probably around like May, I think, is when it was really set and someone asked what we were doing. And it's gone really, really well. I mean, we still probably convert like 70 to 80% of people coming into the door. Our consult mm-hmm. is pretty like thorough, talking about goals, that sort of stuff. And when we get new leads, we try to pre-qualify them a little bit and mm-hmm. say like, "Hey, these are kind of our basic prices. This is how we do things." And some people right off the bat are like, "Oh, that's too much money," and we'll basically hang up. And I'm like, "Okay, well, you wasted a minute of my time instead of like a couple hours." So yeah, being
0: like set it all up for something and be like,
1: "No." Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's a it was a big mindset shift. And I would always use the analogy where I'm like, "Guys, some people shop it." Uh, Winn-Dixie, which is like kind of a crummy grocery store around here. And some people shop at Whole Foods. And you know what? We want people that shop at Whole Foods mm-hmm. because they're going to pay you guys more. Mm-hmm. And um, that's gone really well. The big thing is those people that go through it, they're a lot more bought in. They have such a great relationship with the coach and they're not going to say, well, it's you know $160 a month. It's not that big of a deal if I miss... Or if I just cancel it, the other people have invested a lot more up front. I'm like, well, I'm gonna get my money's worth. And that's been a big like shift in the clients that we've had come. We mm-hmm. haven't had people that like join for a month and then just disappear. Which is frustrating because we put a lot of effort oh, into yeah. Students, you know? Yeah.
0: It takes a lot to one convert somebody into an actual member and then you're all the effort you put into them and then they leave. And you're like,
1: Yeah. What? Exactly. So going through all this, when people are paying that much up front, they're like, I really want to be here. I'm bought yeah. in. This is important it's, to me. Yeah. I value it at this dollar amount yeah. specifically. Yeah. And uh, that's a big thing for people. And yeah. the other thing is people come to classes and they know a lot more mm. because also the coach's mindset has shifted. That it's not mm. just our foundations process. It's not just squat, deadlift, press, wall ball. It's, hey, these are what they need to do to be able to join classes, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do to deliver, like, a great personal training session with them, teach them these skills, mm-hmm. and people come to classes, like, really ready to go. Wow. Yeah, it's been pretty good.
0: That sounds awesome. That yeah. Sounds great. I'm so glad it's worked so well for you guys. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Um, man, that... I think more and more gyms need to look at that and consider adding personal training in, and, and what that could do, not only for their I mean their revenue sources, but, like, their coaches. I mean, like you said, even their members and benefiting their members. like.
1: Yeah, and that's it, – it's funny because, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little cynical or a lot cynical. But when there's a situation this where I'm like, okay, the gym is doing better. The coaches are getting paid more. And the clients are getting better results. Like there's not really any downside to that. And like, I can't believe like everyone's so happy right now <laughs> with this because it seems like there should be something going wrong. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of gyms that don't do that sort of stuff. And a lot of coaches that don't do that. I've had, um, other friends that their gyms do it a little bit. I'm like, man, your coaches could be making a lot more money doing that. Cause there's people that want to pay for it. You're in an affluent area. Um, but it's just not part of their culture, and I think, I think we'll see a big, a huge shift towards that in the next couple of years for sure.
0: I think so. I mean, especially as we get more and more people in the industry who want to make a living in the industry. Yeah, exactly. And who don't actually want to open up a gym. <laughs> yeah. So, I think so. I, I think we're seeing that shift. I
1: yeah, and, and it's funny happen. because I th- like our product or service hasn't changed a ton since a year and a half ago, or even two or three years ago at the other gym but uh i mentioned stewart and i was like this is crazy so many people want to do that and he's like they've always been there you could have been doing this for the past few years and mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god we could have
0: <laughs> mind blown. it kind
1: of blew my like, i'm like wow That's i didn't Stuart. even consider that and it wasn't like oh a regret thing i'm just like wow this isn't a new novel concept yeah. you yeah. know but mm-hmm. it, it's worked out really well people are super happy mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been good. The coaches are happy
0: and busy. so Probably, that's even better. Yeah, because <laughs> if coaches sure. are happy and then a lot of other things are going to fall yeah, into place. Yeah, members happy. are happy. So yes. it's been great. Yeah. Um, well, then kind of one of my last questions because we talked about personal training and that's awesome. Um, but is there anything else like over this year and four months that you know has really kind of stuck out in your mind that has been a lesson learned that you think you could share to other you know, managers and people who are running gyms out there that you're like...
1: <laughs> oh man, so many. <laughs> like, like
0: I want your top, like, just, just like one or two top lessons that you're like, this is, like, if you had to give an owner a, like, your last dying piece of advice because you couldn't speak to an owner ever again, what would you say to them?
1: Uh, I'd tell them to talk to someone more experienced and successful <laughs> than me, probably. But, yeah, but if they, they still want to know, Carl,
0: we want to hear what you have learned. <laughs> um...
1: I mean, I guess a couple of things that stick out is one, I think most gyms need to charge more for everything that they do. And, uh, I think it's just valuing yourself. I don't think it's necessarily like being money hungry. I think it's valuing what you do and acting like a professional. Um, that's huge. And I see a lot of gyms and people that I just meet at like weightlifting meets or cross events where I'm like, Oh, we have like 25 people in this class what do we do in our small facility and I'm like should probably charge more and like well we charge 115 unlimited and I'm like, are you crazy? Uh, so that's huge. I think people have to kind of do the math to say like how many members do we need to make
0: mm-hmm.
1: like a profit actually yes. and how much do we need to charge to do that yeah. and the more you charge less members you need, to an extent it's better to have you know one member that pays a million dollars and a million members that pay one (laughs) dollar um so that's huge and i think that a lot of times like owners or coaches that don't necessarily consider that and that's not like wrong no shame on them for that just they're not in the role that they probably should be and they're probably not happy in that role either um the other big thing, other than like talking about doing personal training up front in general, that's huge, uh, is uh, when implementing new programs or like services, processes. Don't. Uh, I've been guilty of like trying to put a like a square peg in a round hole, as they say, where I've tried to say get like people that. Work for us, like some of our coaches, to do things that they is just not in their skill set. They really don't like to do. They're not real fulfilled by doing it. Um, They don't necessarily want to take the time to figure it out. And um, that could be something really simple and something that comes really simple to me. And there's been times I'm like, I want to beat my head against a wall because this is so easy and I can't get you to do it, and I don't understand. And then I have to take a step back, like, well, you know what? You coach classes really great. Like, people clap for you when you walk into <laughs> coaching class. So, that's a good sign. Yeah, so why would I, like, get so upset about you not, like, doing a certain follow-up call? I should have someone else that is really good with that sort of customer service experience. Do that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's really hard to do, I think, to take a step back and say, like, just because I want you to do this, I want... I, my coach to do all these things doesn't mean that they're capable of doing it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I would rather them focus on delivering a great coaching product and great training than, um, have to focus on doing a ton of other things. So trying to put people in roles that they excel at and are rewarded by and not like get really mad and disappointed when people can't do that and stepping back and then saying like, hey, you know what? You love talking to people about Mm -hmm. nutrition. Or, like, for me, like, no one said it to me, but I realized, like, I like running a gym, I like doing a little bit of personal training, and I really like coaching weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I don't love coaching CrossFit classes all the time because the way my mind works is, like, oh, I want to fix this person's movement and talk to them about sleep, Mm -hmm. and there's 20 people in there, and I can't have all those conversations. (laughs) That's funny. So... I took myself out of that equation where I was like this is not going to make me happy long term. Mm. And I put myself in one where I'm like okay, I can thrive in these situations so I can actually deliver a better product for my personal training clients, my weightlifters, my like business compared to like not doing well with those things and spreading myself too thin. So that's been huge and I always try to look out for opportunities where Like Noah, one of our coaches, is really, really great with consults and bringing new people in. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to have you do more and more of those because you're really, really good Mm -hmm. at it. Um, Instead of having someone else do it that might not be. And Noah likes doing it. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of makes sense. And then I'm saying, all right, well, how can I structure an incentive for you to do that, Mm -hmm. be fulfilled financially and, like, spiritually, I guess? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah. I feel good. I feel, feel good. good. I feel
0: good feeling. Yeah, like, exactly. I feel good doing this. Like, so
1: that was like really long winded, but trying to, you know, make sure people are doing things that they're good at and are yeah, fulfilled by. And that's, tricks. that's mm-hmm. super dynamic. Like you can write out all your policies and this person can do this, this person can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it has to change sometimes. I think we're in a small business. Like there's four other people that work here. Why would I get mad if they can't do it when I can just manipulate my organization yeah. chart to make everybody happy? <laughs> you know, I have to like put the ego aside of the 10 hours I spent making this document. But that seems to work out pretty good. Mm. So those that would be
0: it. Yeah, those are excellent. And they weren't long-winded. Oh, okay. Those are only like- five yeah, that was pretty okay. good perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. I think that was pretty good um, I feel like we've only like just opened the door to your your knowledge and your experience but now we have to close it because oh, it's funny. already been like over 40 yeah. minutes and no one wants to listen to me ask people questions for over 40 minutes. So
1: <laughs> no one wants to listen to me talk over 40 minutes either. Know, so maybe you might, can ask any of like, my staff over there.
0: <laughs> they're like,
1: we do 30 minute talking? meetings where they just walk out. So <laughs> they're
0: Like we are done. We need yeah. to leave. you like guys said that rule where you're like, okay, we got 10 minute meetings. That's it. Yeah. Um, but seriously, like great, great advice. I think just great uh, experience and and knowledge even with the personal training that I really hope our listeners will take and implement like yeah. I really think that's something that other gym owners should and gym managers should really consider like I think it'd yeah, be super helpful to business and the industry as a whole even so Yeah. but yeah well Carl thanks for being on the show yeah, today yeah thanks for coming
1: thanks for having me
0: anytime you need me to come to Florida
1: yeah anytime you're always
0: welcome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anytime, anytime I'm in Florida I'll just drop on in and be like hey What's going on? Now the niggas are in West Palm. I'm like, what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, seriously, thanks for being on the show, for taking time out of your day to talk to me. I appreciate of it. Of course, thank you. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P E A K E. As always, thanks for dropping in.